we're dressed like this for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> this is so well, Peter made us do this. Yeah. I, I uh there's a rule in our house, no forcing. No forcing. Uh I broke it. Yeah, well, when I was like five, I remember making invitations for my birthday party, which I don't even I don't think that they were passed out. I think I was just like, this is what you do when you have a birthday party. You make invitations for your friends. And I made individualized invitations for everyone. And there are a lot of moments in my childhood where I'm like, okay, somebody should have flagged like this person's going to have severe OCD, severe anxiety, probably going to be an alcoholic, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Which all bore out. Which all bore out, yes. Every single bit of that. And a, a severe mood disorder. But um, I was individualizing these cards for each specific person. And I was putting specific rules on everybody's card for each person. And there was like a bully in my class named Abigail. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. That's weird that bullies would be named Abigail. Yeah, that's a, so weird. That's a, a shitty girl energy. Shitty name. girl energy name. But I, I wrote on her card, no forcing as one of her rules because I felt like she was a very <laughs> coercive person. And so I needed to specify no forcing for her. And that card was rediscovered when I was like 20 years old in my parents' house. And since then, it's been like a very consistent joke in the family. And it was shared and with a Peter. rule and, and a rule. And it's a good rule. It's an implemented rule in our home. No forcing. But Peter broke. I broke it. Day. I broke. Peter it. broke. No forcing. Well, actually, a few days ago, we yeah, ordered these. I did. A couple of days ago, we decided on our topic for today, which um, involves poetry. And I said, you know, there's a certain way that poets tend to dress. <laughs> and I said. No. <laughs> <laughs> to confirm what I was talking about, I immediately looked up Charlie directing The Nightman Cometh. And I was like, like that. And again, ACD was like, no. <laughs> and that is that is when I went back on the no forcing rule. Yeah. Because I was like, no, we're doing this. And I immediately got on Amazon, found everything that we needed, like a, a bad consumer who crosses the picket line. I went to Amazon and I found these perfect, amazing, beautiful jazz beatnik getups. And I said, Ugh. and I looked up at you and I said, please <laughs> wear these jazz beatnik getups. And you looked down at me and you whispered, no. <laughs> like the watchman. <laughs> yeah. But here I am. I'm in the fucking outfit. But, so. but Amazon Prime, save the day, shop at Amazon. Actually, I mean, whether you do or don't shop at Amazon doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Tighten your buttholes. It's time for Packed. I'm the P, Peter Coffin. Miss Astronaut Cowboy Doctor. ACD is the ACD in the word Packed. Don't miss an episode. Like, comment, subscribe, and leave us a glowing review on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever weird thing that you use. We are a five-star podcast. Not three, not four, five. I'm a five-star man. I'm a five-star man! <laughs> you can yell it. It's not going to do it. I'm just, I've proved I'm it because self, I yell louder than I'm you. I'm self-conscious now.
Join our Discord. We hang out there all the time, as well as uh, there's some other fun stuff to do there. By becoming a patron, you can join us on our movie nights. Uh, this year, we are going to be starting a theory reading group. That's starting later this month, actually. So help us keep the lights on by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash packedpod. Your monthly support gets you access to members-only areas on the Discord server. You get exclusive content, and you see some content before everyone else. We've got fantastic packed merch available, too. Finally, tell your friends, we rely so big, so big on word of mouth. We stream 7 p.m. Eastern every Sunday. And we thank you tons for tuning in. So here we are. And yes, we're going to be reviewing Amanda Gorman's inaugural poem for Joseph Robinette Biden's inauguration into the presidential chair of the United States in the context of the past year of his administration. So there's a couple of things that we should probably tell you we're going to focus on um, up front. Probably the most important one is that as we were told that we had to vote for Joe Biden. We both did, by the way. I did for a very specific reason. It was to show that no one would care if I voted for Biden or not if I didn't do the labor of trying to get other people to vote for Biden. And that thesis played out 100%. <laughs> I was like, I'm voting for Biden, but you know what? It doesn't matter who you vote for. He's going to be the same as Trump. That was what I said. And holy shit, as you'll see in our episode, they were right. Yeah. I don't know why I did it. I, I think I'm just going to say that I'm an academic and was convinced that if anyone found out that I didn't vote for Joe Biden, that myself, and my family would be killed. <laughs> so, so you were coerced into it. Yeah. The thing that everybody said you have to vote for Biden for is because he's going to be so much different than Trump. He might not be a socialist, but he's better than Trump. Trump's a fucking fascist. And it's just going to be night and day. We're going to return to a completely different era of the United States of America and things are all going to be fine. But anyway, uh, there was this phrase that Biden uttered that uh, I thought was pretty important. It was... Um, Nothing will fundamentally change. And it didn't. It didn't. It, it did not change from Donald Trump specifically. Which Donald Trump didn't really change a lot from Obama either. Right. Just yeah. to be clear. We're not sitting here just shitting on the Democrats. Yeah. Trump didn't change a lot from Barack Obama. Who, who didn't change a lot from Bush? Who yeah. didn't change a lot from Clinton? Who didn't change a lot from Bush? Who didn't change a lot from Reagan? Exactly. Ronald Reagan has been president since the 1980s. 100%. Like, he played the saxophone for a while in the 90s. Then he did blackface in 2008. Look, Jimmy, the TPP allows American businesses to sell their products both at home and abroad. The more we sell abroad, the more higher paying jobs we provide here at home. It's that simple. So what you're saying is this trade deal will help put everyday Americans back to work, 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 But he's currently president of the United States. Especially in terms of domestic policy and economically. Of course, social issues are connected to economic issues, but Reaganomics that's continued all the way up for the past 40 years. Yes, it has. And foreign policy. Ooh, foreign uh, policy. Has been a nightmare. 
that's been a thing that's gone on a little longer than, since the 1980s. The whole time. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> the, the whole time. Um, the minute we hit that monopoly stage, we were just like, fuck, let's make everything bad for everyone. Yeah, the whole time. The whole time. Now, in our understanding that nothing has fundamentally changed, we need to go back a year to when some things happened. Uh, 9-11 to Electric Boogaloo for liberals. <laughs> and and so, so two weeks later, people would no, not shut true. the fuck up I, about this event. I, I, they still haven't shut the fuck up about it. And I am dreading, I am dreading the entire month of January. Yeah. Okay. So well, Gorman's poem. Which after getting the fascist out of the White House, champ. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the fascist, the fascist is a fascist. Uh, presented to us a hopeful future and that, okay, we have Donald Trump out, this innately evil, corrupted individual who is the cause of all of America's problems, um, Donald Trump. And once he got out, this first ever youth poet laureate uh, wrote this poem to present a, a hope for the future with Biden. Old man Biden, he was against busing way back in the day. And the crime bill author, um, a lot of sexual harassment. A lot of it. Possibly rape. Possibly rape. Uh, all alleged things. Uh, yeah. we also a lot of speak, alleged stuff. We can speak to his direct policy being a perpetuating of racialized capital. Yeah, um, absolutely. Definitely enacting policy that supports the monopoly financial position of the United States on the world stage. Yeah, they really weaponized a black girl to launder Joe Biden's shitty politics. Yeah, that's that's exactly what they did. What happened? Um, And they were like, look, can we make it seem like this black girl is like the next fucking Maya Angelou, please? Can we dress her to sort of evoke that? And I had to be fucking gaslit by all my colleagues that I was just a young idealist who didn't want to vote for Joe Biden because I was so young and inexperienced. And mm. Well, you know, if you're not a communist when you're in college, uh, you've got no heart. But if you're still a communist after college, you've got no brain, right? Yeah. Um, those people also said that uh, being against Zionism is uh, anti-Semitic. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, just a ridiculous. So position. I had to pretend to like this poem in a front of a bunch of people um that's what economic coercion does yeah okay listen though before before we shit all over this poem and we're gonna we're gonna critique this first year of the biden administration using the artistic context of this beautiful poem uh the one thing that we need to do we are historical materialists so we have to be honest about everything that's taking place. Mm-hmm. So we we will point out when Biden has done some good things. And one of those things that we don't want any of our criticism to take away from uh, in this administration is his heroic encounter with Corn Pop. I learned a lot. <laughs> and I learned that uh, it makes a difference. This was the diving board area. And I was one of the guards and there were a lot of, there was a three meter board. And you fell off sideways, you landed on the damp, uh, the darn cement over there. We can't, we can't allow <laughs> any of the detrimental policy that he's enacted or any of the things that he hasn't changed from Trump 
to overshadow how important it was that he confronted Corn Pop that day at that pool. He was a bad dude. He was a bad dude. He was a bad dude. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. What is that? That's how he said it. I don't remember. I remember very specifically because if it were Tucker Carlson, they would have said that he was about to say the (laughs) N-word. He was a bad dude. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. When he said slavery was the worst thing, (laughs) and they had the sonic cool thing. Yeah, that's the best meme. Everybody agreed that segregation was the worst thing this country ever did. All right, so... um, Without further ado, here is our critique of the first year of the Joseph Robinette Biden administration um, in the context of Amanda Gorman's inaugural poem that she presented on January 20th, 2021. All right, we don't need these costumes anymore. (laughs) Mr. President... Dr. Biden, Madam Vice President, Mr. Emhoff, Americans, and the world. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? Never-ending shade being this four years of isolated... Racialized capitalism. She does say never-ending, so maybe given the benefit of the doubt, she is acknowledging the sordid past of American capitalism and its history at best. Um, at worst, she's referring to two weeks prior to the recitation of this poem, uh, wherein 9-11 happened. Yeah, 9-11 to electric boogaloo for liberals. 6th. The loss we carry a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. Um, I can assume, I I think that, you know, this is after 2020. This is about like the Black Lives Matter protests and that being kind of a glimpse of actual uprising or starting that way Mm -hmm. against the capitalistic power structure and how racialized it is and that being manifest in police brutality. I think she's likely referring to that. Um, Could be. But by the end of 2020, that movement, to which, you know, a lot of communists were a party to. I was. Yeah. Um, I was skeptical of it. Became about a nonprofit organization uh, that was an operative for perpetuating racialized capitalism under the guise of being progressive. And ultimately an electoral vehicle for one Joseph Robinette Biden. Like, here's the thing about the BLM riots after um, George Floyd. I was like, oh, hey. People are starting to notice there's something wrong here. Mm -hmm. And then people started calling it the revolution. And that was the instant that I became skeptical of it. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, you know what? This is fertile ground for us to attempt to get people on the same page. This is fertile ground. That's how I saw it. And in the context of COVID, police brutality out of Zenith and Mm -hmm. people responding to it. It, Like larger than I've ever seen in my lifetime. I'm sure that's... Uh, The riots that happened in the 1990s in response to Rodney King, for instance, were not focused in any way on the economic problem. Like there were for certain people who were at these things talking about capitalism, 
talking about the state mm-hmm. in terms of like these are the people who are stopping us from progressing. Right. Like not in the I'm on Twitter and I'm telling you that socialism and revolution is great because I want to sell you a T-shirt way. Right. Um, And then that quickly became co-opted by the nonprofit organization Black Lives Matter and large corporations like uh, Target saying, yeah, we want you to burn down our buildings because we love black lives. Yeah. Like, does that not show how futile that is yes yeah there was i remember them saying something that was more or less sanctioning that right justice is more important than our buildings yes that it was something along those lines which is just absolutely batshit insane well yeah because they're the bourgeoisie they're not affected by those kinds of things you know who is is small mom and pop yeah uh, which by the way diverse which by the way those people were not in good shape after the riots. Yeah, they weren't. And, and I don't want to get into the whole black small business owner thing. And Yeah, but let's just say there's a reason why we had to build back better. Right. It, well, places without socioeconomic infrastructure, or at least with considerably weaker socioeconomic infrastructure, are more at risk and more detrimentally affected by mm-hmm. those types of things, and thereby disproportionately impacts populations of color, even though these are things that are supposed to be on behalf of these groups. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, and then the other thing is Black Lives Matter itself, the NPO, came into existence after Ferguson. It didn't just happen in 2020. Right. It did the same thing with the Ferguson riots. And to be clear, the Ferguson riots I don't think had the same kind of class consciousness. No, no, no. This is the the biggest shit. This was as close to class consciousness I've seen riots get. And then like everything else, like pride, like Stonewall, like like all things where we see the emerging head of class consciousness. And there's an avenue by which capital can make itself stronger. It's going to take that and co-opt it. And that's what happened, uh, both from a corporate perspective and from a political governmental one. Yeah. And it helped get Biden elected. Right. So that that NPO was also just became a conduit for electing Biden. And the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always just is. The only notes I have there are just, okay, this fucking sucks. I, I mean, like, it's, I don't have anything to say about that. It's, it's bad. I, I, I don't care if she's a young woman. It's, it's like, no, stop. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished oh so the united states are are okay yeah so no amanda gorman is an open white supremacist self-hating white supremacist fascist yeah um a nozzle red brown alliance yeah all that because she she says uh nation here she's uh and that it's not broken it's not broken it's not a broken nation it's a whole nation a nation It's somehow the liberals don't get called that while the communists, the people who are actually advocating against the state and the bourgeoisie, somehow we're the ones that get called that. The ones that are explicitly against those things, whereas the liberals 
not explicitly against those things, actually explicitly for them. Oh, my God. In my field and my academic environment, just all the Facebook posts, just yes, queen and this bitch. It, it was insufferable. Um, you showed me some of them and I just I was like at that point I was just done. Yeah. Like it it caused me trauma. I literally closed the door on those posts. A anyway, um, they are weaponizing a young black woman um, to justify Joe Biden's continuation of racialized capitalism or capitalism in general. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. I, I know that this is not what she means, but I, I don't know how to confront that framing of like, I can dream of being the leader of the imperial core, the, the center of propagating this late stage of capitalism that was uh, off of which slavery and racism was created to yeah. justify this economic base. And to make it a lot cheaper. I, I know that's not what this young woman means. I know she is talking in the realm of liberal aesthetics. I just think that's particularly in, insidious, weaponizing racial representation um, to perpetuate the very systems that she is conjuring with her ancestry. I mean, that is just... It's wild. Yeah. I, I feel like she didn't think about it at all. Well, and, then, and then she says, only to find herself reciting for one, which is literally saying like, well, I can't be president, but at least I get to read my fucking poetry I, I don't for know him. if that's what she meant. Yeah, and, and like, I understand that this is like a young person. I don't want to patronize this woman by saying that like, she can't think about the implications of wanting to be president of the Imperial Corps that played the pioneering role in the enslavement. Also, like, that's still fucking happening in the prison industrial complex. Absolutely. And, like, you you want to be the the central head of that? I I don't know about that. Yeah, not sure. Yeah, not sure. <laughs> that, but it's, no, it's just all so insidious. And again, I don't think she is not a historical materialist. She is not saying this and saying, yes, I want to be the person that perpetuates modern slavery in the form no, that it is. No, she's of course not saying I'm that. I'm a vehement capitalist. No, she's just doing some lib shit inaugural poem for the Democrats, which reflects exactly what the Democrats do. It's all about these revolutionary aesthetics with nothing to substantiate change of the base that is destroying the working class. Absolutely. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with purpose. Come on, man. I just, I, I, <laughs> I feel like when, a, again, when a communist says something like that, they're just like shit on as some kind of evil person because they want like a good world for the people living in their country. Yeah. And, and she's not making the distinction between the bourgeois state and the diverse working class. No. She's saying America yeah. can be fixed. Yeah. In the current system that we're in, which we'll talk about, this is ridden with class collaboration out the ass. 
Um, and some outwardly fascist statements yeah, in terms of I'm, aesthetics. In terms of aesthetics, but I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt on that. But um, sure. To compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. Big, big thing about this line in particular is that uh, Biden has not changed the goddamn thing about his immigration policy at the border. Yeah, there are still kids in cages. In fact, there are more kids in cages now. Uh, I mean, they did release those those nine families that one time. Those nine families that everybody was like, look at what they're doing. They finally did it. They beat Trump. Finally, Trump is done because they're letting kids out of cages. Thank, thank you. Good job. And then it was nine of them. And then we never heard anything about that ever again. Well, the one change I, I will say that was made is that we stopped calling them concentration camps and started calling them like holding centers or something like that. Yeah, I think it was holding centers. Uh, more pictures of ASU crying at the border, please. Absolutely. Uh, there's there's just one of her at the gate, like doing her fucking crocodile tear show. She stopped crying at the border January 20th, 2020. True. She did. She did. And then she made that stupid TikTok video or whatever, the yeah. Instagram video where she's clapping and talking about how important it is to still have this. And yeah. it's progressive for some reason. To compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. Uh, right here. This is the foreign policy. Uh, like most, most of these are foreign policy. You've got some pretty fun stuff here too. There's uh we've got a number of these pointing out that Biden's China uh, policy is either the same or actually more harsh than Trump's. Uh, for instance, um, he upped the sanctions on China, wanted to up sanctions on Cuba. Mm -hmm. um, called Cuba an evil communist country. Called them very evil, said that they were a failed state. Yeah. Despite the fact that they had a, um, vaccine for COVID, like disseminated more effectively. And on top of that, they didn't fucking patent it. They yeah. sent that information right out to the goddamn Which is world. The main thing. Critics call out Biden administration extension of a Trump era fentanyl related substances order targeting people of color. All cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. Biden's strategy in the Sahel looks a lot like Trump's. U.S. diplomacy is back in West Africa. But the United States is also back to its old counterterrorism playbook. The Biden administration is relying on a Trump era policy to turn away migrants at the border. Biden continues Trump's war on asylum. By the way, these, uh, most of these are like pretty basic yeah. liberal news outlets that yeah. whose interests are to support what Biden is doing. Yeah, I notice at least a couple of New York Times. That's the New York Times font. CNN got some CNN ones here. ACLU fed up as Biden continues Trump's controversial immigration policies. A lot of this is related to uh, foreign policy. Um, but all cultures, colors and conditions of man that uh, uh, that's best represented on the world stage, I'd say. You you got war on communism in Cuba and China. You got war on terror in West Africa and Iran. Uh, and kids in cages south of the border. I mean, it, it's the same shit, just with, it's almost more insidious because of the rhetoric. Yeah. Well, um, you've got your AOCs not acting like it's literally a concentration camp, which it is. Even though she was probably saying it's literally a concentration camp when it was Donald Trump doing it. The United States is running 
concentration camps on our southern border. And that is exactly what they are. They are concentration camps. A presidency that creates concentration camps is fascist. I don't want to draw false equivalents. What is happening here is not the same as what happened during the Trump administration, where they took babies out of the arms of their mothers and permanently traumatized these children. Both of these things are barbaric and they're wrong. But when you rip a baby out of the hands of a mother, you cannot draw the same comparison. And anyone who is trying to do that is doing a profound disservice to the cause of justice. <clears throat> that uh, migrant children at the border still being separated under the Biden administration article from USA Today. <laughs> I do think that um, the Biden administration and President Biden has definitely exceeded expectations that progressives had. And so we lift our gaze not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true. Uh, oh, my God. You know what's fun about liberals? They keep advocating that we nuke both Russia and China. I keep seeing that. And yet this is this says the exact opposite of nuking both like and then there's well, also people Well, who just, because it's it's in a class collaborative context because she's speaking at the fucking presidential inauguration. So th it. this is advocacy for us, you know, entrusting within our electoral body yep. to do what they need to do well, to give us equitable and just lives. Because we elected the right guy, finally. Yeah, exactly. And that's all. And, Shut and, up, everyone. And never mind when you call for working class solidarity and that makes you fucking... That makes Nazi. you a red-brown. Never mind that red-brown alliance is austerity apologia. That doesn't matter. It's really actually just um, people who don't want to kill the conservatives. Yeah. Uh, Let the globe, if nothing else say this is true globe is an interesting interesting word to word use yeah that even as we grieved we grew that even as we hurt we hoped see that i particularly like that line because even as we grieved 9 11 <laughs> uh we grew uh as the imperial corps in conquering iraq which we elected a guy who voted yes on doing yeah as we Continue to penetrate. Hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the world as the imperial core, demonstrating one of the five key facets of imperialism in our con context of monopoly capitalism um, and the role of the United States on the world stage mm -hmm. in, in terms of actual countries mm -hmm. uh, competing in the context of the merging of finance and monopoly capital um, doing that with oil 
than the Middle East. We grew. We grew from that. In the context of human progress, growth, great. In the context of the imperial core, just becoming larger by means of conquering, by means of soft power, imperialism happening. Growth, not so good. Even as we hurt, we hoped that even as we tired, we tried that we'll forever be tied together victorious, not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Okay. This is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because uh, this entire time, it, it, throughout the election cycle and currently through their aesthetics, uh, the liberal wing of capitalism, including the Biden administration, constantly utilizes sociodemographic divisions to keep the barbarians fighting. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say the use of victorious here is really like just not thinking about what they sound like. Mm -hmm. Because uh, when you start at the world stage, they're up there in front of the literal center of the imperial core, the capital, and they're saying how victorious they are. Like, if you can't understand how that is more fascist adjacent than <laughs> saying that the proletariat of this country deserves better. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I weep for your brand and whatever happened to it over the course of your life. Yeah. That's uh, that's tough, isn't it? Uh, that is very tough. The word victorious in the very center of the imperial core, the nation state whose military is largest in the world, whose capitalist class has financially subjugated so much of this earth, the entire international proletariat, including its own, which is so stupid that people can't recognize that. Um, Victorious. Well, juxtaposing that to the fact that the, the liberal wing of capital's rhetoric is to divide the working class. Well, yeah. all wings of capital's rhetoric. Yeah. No, yeah, um, absolutely. But that's what the ruling class does, is to capitalize on differences mm -hmm. and divisions within the working class 100%. to ensure yeah. that we cannot have within our nation and between nations a powerful proletarian movement. Mm-hmm. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. No, the Hamilton quote, God. Then it's definitely class collaboration. <laughs> yeah, but in the context of, of the, the foreign policy stuff, also not a bridge builder. That is the promise to Glade. The promise to Glade. What is that? What is Glade? Glade is an air freshener brand. <laughs> <laughs> the other day I, I was at grocery store. They There were like $3 candles there. And I was like, ooh, fuck yeah. And then I saw that they had the Glade like logo on it. And, and this is what capitalism does to us. I was like, I can't have that in my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the way I live. Well, they were $3, though. Yeah. Like, you you had to know what you were getting just from that. 
Did you then like drive around to three or four different candle stores making calls and this yelling at managers? Like <laughs> I'm just saying. The hill we climb, if only we dare it, because being American is more than a pride we inherit. This fucking red brown fascist. I know. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. Which is literally exactly what we keep fucking quoting in On the National Pride of the Great Russians. Yeah. We, Which I, I don't think that she is no, she's never <laughs> drawing fucking inspiration read. from She that. has no fucking idea. But that's the thing that we keep saying. Um, we are ashamed of our slavish past and present, working to uplift the toiling masses of our country against the ruling class. Yeah. Which is exactly what a proletarian patriot would want to do in the United States today. As a goof, I posted some quotes from On the National Pride of the Great Russians with America swapped out and people started calling me a fascist. And I was like, you're calling Lenin a fascist. I did have somebody come at me and and in DMs, they were like, you're just misreading Lenin and you don't understand it. And then I quoted Lenin directly to them and show them and they go, wow. So I guess I don't agree with Lenin either. <laughs> the people, Libs say this shit all the time, especially when they co-op Martin Luther King and you know, mm. America has a bad history, but we can make it better. And I, I think that's a perfectly fine. Yeah, that's, uh, thing in my say. opinion, the correct sentiment. Uh, we know that based off of the rhetoric that she uses in this poem, it is not to uh, completely uproot the economic base of society, which means that whatever she has in mind will be ineffective. Well, yeah, you have to have a material basis in the things you're talking about. And if you do that, you end up with the fundamental distinction of capitalism, eventually, if you keep digging, you eventually get to the point that power is distributed based on the fact that in a country where modern conditions of production prevail, uh, some own the means of production, uh, they socialize labor, and they privatize the product and profits. Yeah, um, but a fine sentiment. Um, if and when we say things like that through a historical and dialectical materialist lens, we get called fascist for it. It's true. That, that, that is what happens. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it, would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. <sighs> They're the ones that... The, they're the ones that killed people in the yeah. process. January 6th uh, was... Uh, a shit know. show? We, we've already shit talked show. about January 6th a lot. There's yeah. a number of things that were wrong with January 6th in terms of the official narrative. First one is that almost all of those people were bussed in from various cities, and that operation was funded by various right-wing NPOs, the biggest and most important of which was uh, women for Trump. But beyond that, the few actual right-wing organizations that were present that were considered visible and some kind of terror threat like the Proud Boys and um, the Oath Keepers actually had FBI informants, which were inside, some of which were actually present during the January 6th riots, who presumably did the same thing as FBI informants and the Black Panther Party, which is egging them on to violent action, 
which they didn't exactly accomplish. Like the most they really did was like shit Nancy Pelosi's desk and break some windows. <laughs> shit in her drawers. <laughs> shit in her drawers. AOC almost died, Peter. She almost died across the street, From locked in her office. Cop who was protecting her. Yeah, a cop <laughs> burst in and goes, "Is everyone okay?" And she's like, ah! I, "I, I just want to refer people back to our episode on trauma politics." Her trauma is valid, guys. Oh, well, we were careful to say that if indeed she felt any real trauma, it's important that that's not fake. Uh, yeah, it is. That being said, it, it, it was a color revolution we did on ourselves. Yeah. Uh, the alphabet agencies knew about it. Had informants in several of the orgs that and, were present. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. Uh, so this democracy uh, that she's talking about, which I I'm not sure in the history of the United States where that's ever existed. This instance specifically of January 6th was almost immediately utilized to promote censorship, to promote security that is explicitly anti-communist and dissuading of groups that challenge the power structure Mm -hmm. under the guise of, you know, protecting people from... The extremists or whatever, like uh, hate groups. Meanwhile, the vast majority of people present at this thing were not a member of any of the groups that were present. For instance, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, etc. Were not business owners or like a lot of the time people like to say they were petite bourgeoisie. No, most of them were actually employees of people. Yeah. Um, So so that legislation to the bolster security mm-hmm. uh, to justify uh, the special bodies of our men in the U.S. police state that specifically maintain the class structure of capitalism and also to make self-identifying communists support the FBI. That was where I was going to go And next. the CIA. On the subject of the leftists uh, who are becoming accustomed to class collaboration, more or less the ideology that was seated among them was oriented towards getting them to see the FBI and the CIA as good forces against the terrorists, that they were to find information about the terrorists and report the information to the CIA and do all of their work for them ostensibly as unpaid labor. Uh, That's good. That's a good thing. You want that with the CIA and the FBI, apparently. Yeah. Um, and when you have self-identifying communists using rhetoric that will be used to support anti-communism and how the state suppresses challenges to its economic base and its overarching superstructure that emerges from that, mm-hmm. that's pretty useful It is for the ruling class. It is. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. That's a Hamilton line. (laughs) I know. This is the era of just redemption we feared at its inception. Wow, that is a terrible, that is just a bad rhyme. That's not even a slant rhyme. It's not. It's not. It's just like. Not that poems have to rhyme. It just. But she decides that it has to rhyme from time to time. 
We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter. She's really going deaf poetry here. Yeah, she is. Misery! Chains. Thunder! Rain! We're chasing the dragon! We're chasing our pain. Guys, you suck at deaf poetry. So, while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? I command you to stop. We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be. Which, as we've briefly touched on during the poem and well later, um, is exactly the same thing. Yeah. A country that is bruised, but whole, benevolent, but bold, fierce and free. She said bruised butthole. <laughs> she did. She did. Bruised, but whole. She did. She did. She said, Got her. <laughs> Bruce Buttle sounds like the capitalist economic policy. Yeah, it's just yeah, one big agreed. ass blast. It is. That's true. Um, so build back better and it, all of its proposed infrastructure, which was a the wolf in sheep's clothing, failing nonetheless. Uh, the Green New Deal being the same and even failing more so on its face at base value, um, even though it was the conduit for continued reliance yeah. on fossil fuels. Anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's all all this shit is wolf in sheep's clothing shit like Green and- New Deal. It basically ensures that natural gas production continues because it relies so heavily on intermittence and power companies understand that that's a great way to keep natural gas going because when you're relying on intermittence you need a base load um in terms of build back better a lot of that shit was about privatizing uh various aspects of the infrastructure rather than just like building it back yeah build back better green new deal uh nothing will fundamentally change i beat the socialist uh, i beat the socialist I, Who, by the way not a socialist which is but- a, a com like a explicit statement that I want to maintain the oppressive capitalist structure. And that is what my presidency is about. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens. But one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. Birthright's a weird thing to say. Yeah. (laughs) So everything about that says woke imperialism to me. (laughs) Everything about that line. Yeah, woke imperialism, yeah. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes... Love uh, becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. That that's almost like you could use that as a justification for manifest destiny. Yeah, the mighty and just United States going into Iraq and saving all of the women. Yeah, which, yeah. by the way, is why we went into Iraq. Yeah, not the oil. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with. How are you going to do that with somebody who has promised to maintain the power structure? 
Like directly. That's not me making any interpretation. He fucking said that. Yeah. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with every breath from my bronze pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. Um, every breath from my bronze pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We being the United States, more woke imperialism. Yeah. And we say this shit about the working class and being a party to the international proletariat, and that's fascism. Uh, but well, what we're going to do? But the American state leading the world into yeah. the light isn't. Yeah, and um, not China. <laughs> not China. They can't be leading the world in the light. Well, not no, China. We, we gotta keep the the tariffs up. Shit. Yeah. Uh, Which is, by the way, exactly what Biden did. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the West. We will rise from the windswept Northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. Which, by the way, we don't talk about the forefathers with reverence, and yet we're the social fascists. Yeah. It's um, we actually, like, yeah, like, the American Revolution is one that attempted to break from British imperialism. It did ultimately set up an imperialism here that uh, supplanted that imperialism. Yeah, sure. it did. But it was ultimately a fight against an imperial force that was above the people in the United States. Uh, does that mean we venerate the founding fathers and everything about them? You were specifically slave owners? No. Not. No, we don't. And their interests were opposed to the working class. Of they the, were. Because they were the, the American proletariat as well. Because they were the they owning were the class. They were the bush. They were the bush. But Amanda Gorman can venerate the forefathers and isn't a social fascist. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild. I hate all the shitty adjectives that she uses for the different regions of the United States. Oh, I know. It's it's just... We have gold-limbed, wind-swept, sun-baked, rimmed and sun-baked. That sucks. That's What not the good. fuck is that? Are the regions of the United States different flavors of sun chip? Like, that's poor advertisement. Like, yeah, that's those aren't catchy. No, I got my favorite flavor of sun chip it's is lake rimmed. Don't ever use rimmed in yeah. an adjective. <laughs> Reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation, in every corner called our country. Our people, diverse and beautiful, will emerge battered and beautiful. You can't, you can't rhyme beautiful with beautiful. Yeah, I hate that. Why, why, why are you doing that? But like again, that's not my only critique, though. I mean, this isn't really a critique. I think that's a nice sentiment that is when you say that as a communist, as instead of this like liberal aesthetics, like, oh, mm -hmm. let's do class collaboration. And you say that as let's unite as an international proletariat. Yeah, I People love that. Say, Fuck you. Yeah. America KKKN. Well, you I mean, are imperialist labor aristocratic Gum, because I don't know what the labor aristocracy is. And I read Sakai yeah. and think that it's partitioned by nation because I'm a fucking idiot. George, you don't know my name. I'm the fucking lizard king. <laughs> we have said things that are along the lines of that paragraph through so many times. Through communist lens. Specifically. Through Not a lens. through this, yeah. I want to trust Joe Biden shit, and Joe yeah. Biden is going to be the Jesus Christ of America right now. Yeah. When day comes, we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it. 
for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. I swear to God, that is like a line out of the fucking office or some shit. It's just so dumb and lame and like typical. It's like something that Michael Scott would get up in front of the entire office and just fucking proclaim like he's God. Just expect everyone to applaud like the end of a hockey movie or something. And then after he does it, like Stanley comes on the screen and it like they're interviewing him and it's just him going... Yeah. <laughs> and by that, uh, she means continue embargo on an evil communist country of Cuba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maximize tariffs on China. Sure. Retain Trump-era immigration policies that yep. were on a daily, hourly basis claimed fascistic, which they are, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, but just remain completely fine and normal under the Biden administration because... Mm-hmm. They're in blue concentration camps instead of red ones. Mm-hmm. Um, support of the wall. Uh, yeah, the failed. wall didn't go anywhere, did it? Yeah. Um, counterterrorism in West Africa and Iran. The Build Back Better failure. Um, the climate failures, like uh, continued fracking on public lands. Um, the co-option of social and economic justice movements to, one, uh, further bolster corporate power in the U.S., um, and its support of the state, and two, reflecting the futility of social justice movements within a capitalistic base. Mm-hmm. But he did pass that uh, that equality. I mean, the law wasn't fundamentally changed in any way, but the language, it sure did sound nicer. Which is a, a perfect reflection of the superficial processes that the Democratic Party does to the CYA, cover your ass, to not actually do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, not even just in Biden, but in, in the fucking squad and the progressive wing of the left. We had the Medicare for all not forcing the vote. Um, we've done nothing about health care in the pandemic. We had the camp out for the extended eviction moratorium. Yeah. Uh, we had the shilling for Pelosi and voting nearly the exact same way that she does or just voting present. Like Cory Bush's first action. As somebody in power voting just specifically for Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. And January 6th to justify increased security, increased power in the special bodies of armed men to preserve the state apparatus of the United States and continued anti-communist rhetoric to shut down extremism in the United States um, and support of the FBI and the CIA on the left. Thinking about this year in the context of this promising and hopeful poem um, and of state and revolution, change that is bold but benevolent, fierce and free uh, cannot happen while retaining a capitalistic structure. Absolutely. Our electoral, our United States electorate is contingent on a capitalistic base that thrives off of imperialism and monopoly capitalism and that is moribund it's in decay none of these changes can happen until we overturn that structure to piggyback on on what you said there with the 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 electoralism like uh 
when we show support for like Marxist Leninists in other countries uh, mm, engaging good, in elections and, and we'll get people. Uh, we had one very specifically recently come at us saying, but I thought electoralism was bullshit. Why are you supporting this? This is electoralism. And it's like it isn't a country with an explicitly and like unadulteratedly capitalist base. Well, first off, the people in power in this country are the imperialists. Yeah. <laughs> this is the imperial core. Our electoral context here is that the system is run by the imperialists. And I just for the the stupids, um, that's not the people that live here or the working class that's no, here. It's the We're talking about the fucking bourgeois state. And here's the thing like an election that's going on in Nicaragua where a Marxist Leninist party has been in power for four terms now. Yeah. What do you fucking think we're going to support? Yeah. Like some candidate that comes in to beat the Marxist Leninist? Are you fucking stupid? Of course we support electoralism in a country where a Marxist Leninist can win. A Marxist Leninist could never become president of the United States of America. That would be the most contradictory, insane thing to ever happen. And if somebody calling themselves a Marxist-Leninist somehow did become uh, the Which president of the United States of America, they wouldn't. they wouldn't. But if somebody calling themselves that did become that, it's because they wouldn't actually be a Marxist-Leninist. And the program that they were advocating for was not one that had to be eradicated. Do you think Pete Buttigieg, like if he had the same platform but called himself a Marxist-Leninist, do you think as many people would like him? No. <laughs> no. Is there anything we want to conclude on this poem that we haven't said already? This poem is terrible. <laughs> Amanda Gorman wrote the worst poem of 2021. <laughs> that's, that's probably not true. Sure. Uh, in terms of quality, there are probably worse poems out there. But were they ones that had the kind of effect that this one had? Absolutely not. Yeah. So the Democrats, uh, not fundamentally different from Trump. In fact, hardly different from Trump. That goes for everyone from Biden himself all the way down to the squad, the supposed progressives, the supposed radicals, the people who were there to change things. These people suck. They they aren't your friends. They aren't here to make things better for you. They aren't as orange, though. And that's it for PAX. Thanks again for watching or listening. I'm Peter. This is Miss Astronaut Cowboy Doctor. To help us out, click like, follow, subscribe, join our Discord, leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. To support us, become a patron at patreon.com slash packpod. That's P-A-C-D-P-O-D. Thanks so much. Come back next week.